the number one thing that I have seen people struggle with around psilocybin is letting go of control, letting go of expectations, allowing it to be whatever it is. And if that is the predominant lesson that out of thousands of doses of mushrooms, then that indicates to me that that's a pretty big issue for the vast majority of humankind. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Are you looking for a community that allows you to authentically express and explore what it means to be human? One that honors the divinity within you and all life? Then Sanctuary may be just the community you have been looking for. Sanctuary is a faith-based organization centered around the sacrament of sacred mushrooms for spiritual exploration and personal development. You are invited to become a member and commune with us. Join us for a Sunday Zoom service or a weekend sacred mushroom retreat in the beautiful Kentucky countryside. Visit P-S-A-N-C-T-U-A-R-Y dot org to become a member and find more information. Are you in control? You got your notes over there? <laughs> I am partially in control. <laughs> so you think. A little bit. You want to say it or you want me to What about it? you? <laughs> we have to say it every time, right? Remember? Your eyes look like you think you're in control. <laughs> uh, welcome, everyone, to another episode of Psilocybin Says. This is Courtney Rose. And the character known as Eric Osborne. <laughs> How in control are you today, Eric Osborne? Well... If the wind blows away our house, <laughs> completely. It's a windy day here in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, it's nice. Control. Uh, what even is control? This whole topic is just um, fraught with a bunch of uh, recursive rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the whole free will conversation. Does it exist? Doesn't it exist? And, you know, obviously on a certain level, I'm in control. I'm holding on to a microphone. I can I, I can get up and walk away. But, you know, the question that I always come to, that I had, or not always, that has been made itself known to me for the last few years is if I get up and do those things, if I throw this glass of water across the room, did I, Eric, really try decide to do that? Did I, Eric, really take control or did the you know, singular energy that is blowing the wind and holding all existence together decide that Mm -hmm. it was time to do that. It seems like control is on a spectrum at any given time. As in, we have more control over some things than others. Maybe. Maybe. I like how David Hawkins... um, talks about this he's a uh, philosopher a uh, pretty amazing guy passed away in 2012 but he wrote a uh, several books won lots of awards uh, but power versus force was his probably 
um, best known book, uh, Letting Go, was another great one. Neither of which I've read. Just listen to his YouTube stuff. I, <laughs> I'm going to be. They're great I just, though. I just came across the guy. I mean, if his if his verbal communication is as good as it is, and the books are probably pretty good. They're probably a little scientific, a little dry, but maybe not because he's a pretty funny guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he devised a kind of method for quantifying levels of consciousness, which has seemed very, very uh, useful. And he relates, particularly in the topic of free will, talks about how, you know, at certain levels of consciousness, there is free will, there is choice, there is control. But when you get to different levels of higher levels of consciousness, then there is no longer free will or control. There is just observation, right? So, like, Hmm. pull back to the stars. Who's controlling the stars? You could say gravity. You can say these forces. But then, you know, what's controlling gravity? Right. And so, like, you can just keep going back and back and back until eventually there is just the observation of all functions happening in their appointed time according to what we call laws. Mm -hmm. So if there's any control, like real control in my mind, then it is in these what we understand to be laws of nature. Constants. Like things that are, I mean, laws are, they don't change. Supposedly, yeah. Supposedly. So would the law of polarity uh, be, that would apply to -hmm. this conversation? Mm -hmm. We are in control. We are not in control. Yeah. All at the same time. Yeah. If one thing exists, then the opposite yes. also exists. Yes. That's kind of what I meant by the spectrum. Like in between yeah. that yeah. and around that is yeah. a whole range of, well, yes, but then also no yeah. possibilities. Yeah. Like, like I can, so <laughs> talking about choices, mm. we talk all the time about making decisions and we have different choices. Like our last conversation, we talked about uh, one of our one of our more recent conversations. We talked about honesty and lying and mm-hmm. making that choice uh, about when do we, when are we honest? When are we not? When does it make sense? When does it not? And yeah. and having the ability, if we are willing and able to be aware of all these different choices Mm -hmm. in life. So we could say, I had the choice this morning. I thought, do I drink coffee? Do I drink water Mm. in this moment? I feel like I'm kind of thirsty, but I also feel like this is when I drink my second cup of coffee. So I'm going to go with, Let's just be wild and go with a glass of water. I'm going to. Or both. Right. But let's just go with the example here. Okay. So I'm going to drink my water now because 
I somehow had a tiny revelation (laughs) that if I drink water, I'll be more hydrated and I'll feel better. However, I don't always have seemingly the ability to be aware Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes my routine takes over and Mm -hmm. or it feels that way and it just overrides my conscious the knowing that i i will probably feel better if i drink water Mm -hmm. but then my routine kicks in and says but you normally drink coffee right now Mm -hmm. so you'll probably feel better if you drink coffee because that's what you normally do so you should just do that and then i'll just Mm -hmm. go okay coffee but say going with the example i have a tiny revelation and by some forces unbeknownst to me i guess Mm -hmm. i decide to drink a glass of water then I will go sit down to record a podcast and the bodily functions that I have. <laughs> okay. That was not a good way to, what? that was not a good way to put that. Okay, here, keep going. Keep going. I'm trying. I'm trying here. Okay. Stay with me. Please stay with me. If you pee yourself. I'm going to not stay with you. <laughs> we were over that. <laughs> that was years ago. So, Okay, my organs are functioning Hmm. in ways that like 99.9% of the time I've got no awareness of what they're doing on like a cellular level. They're doing their thing. They're their own entities doing their own thing Hmm. that I'm overall have no awareness of. So, but if I made that choice to drink that water, it then affects the way my organs Mm -hmm. function. Mm -hmm. If I don't drink the water and I drink the coffee, it affects in a different way the way my organs function, which I'm not conscious of Mm -hmm. for the most part. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unless I'm in some enlightened Zen state, then maybe I am. But I guess my point being that we make choices that impact our experience on a level that we're not aware of. Totally. And then it's only revealed to us down the road of say, if I continued, say if I was dehydrated every day from consciously saying, I would rather choose a less hydrating beverage every single day throughout the day. One day I might wake up and I've got some kind of gallbladder disease. I'm like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. I didn't choose this. Mm -hmm. This is shit. I didn't decide to have this. And then it feels like I had no control over this. There's like a a range of like sometimes we're able to seems like make a choice. Yeah, but our choice is based on what level of awareness we're operating from generally at the subconscious level and right this is where i think it's it's really interesting and what you talked about what you touched on is how the uh, choices we make are generally an outcome of a programming that occurred subconsciously years prior that we did or didn't have mm-hmm. an active choice over right and so here again is a sticky point of whether or not we have a choice if the subconscious is running the show based on information from years ago. Now, we can choose to reprogram our subconscious so that we will choose differently in the future, but we can only do that when 
we are at the level of awareness that we can become aware that we have a choice to reprogram our subconscious. Right. So, you know, I just think it's I just think it's fascinating how much of an impact information that we are completely unaware of has on our being. Like you said, the body and the operations of basically everything are happening at a, at a level of awareness that we can't even access. Maybe we have, you know, again, it just gets tricky, tricky, tricky. Control over information that we consume, but we, again, we consume information based on our level of awareness and understanding of how it's going to impact us. When trying to change behavior, one of the most powerful ways to actually change behavior is to stop trying to control the behavior. Whenever we try to control our behavior or we try to control the behavior of, of others, it almost inevitably leads to pushback and that the opposite is what is generally achieved. Whenever I've tried to stop drinking coffee all day or stop doing something or start doing something, trying to control that situation has made it almost impossible for me to alter. But when I have just allowed a situation to move and shift, then it does so much more naturally. Sometimes I think the best way of being in control is completely giving up control. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, it's tough. And that's where I know mm. I, I've rubbed a lot of people wrong in the mushroom space, you know, when I've worked with people that want to like control the mushroom space and I'm just like, go ahead and try. But the more you do that, then the more out of control you are. Okay. So when you say that, I, I'm reflecting back on the recent episode we did where we talked about, uh, hiding and honesty and, and I shared, you asked me an experience in my life Mm -hmm. and I shared how, I opened up about having disordered eating Mm -hmm. and in my early twenties. And when I think back on that and how all of that, the timeline of that, me attempting to gain a sense of control Mm -hmm. by very strict, like obsessive uh, patterns, it only ended up in me feeling totally imprisoned and like, I have no choice. Like I, put myself by attempting to control every little detail of that area of my life it led to feeling like i created a a monster yeah that was controlling me depression all of it i mean it's like over and over and over i've seen so many times people come into mushrooms and you know they're coming there for depression or anxiety or whatever and you get in there and you like like you know often you can see it before you get into the mushroom space with people but Many times you see that people attempting to control their lives and attempting to control others, attempting to control situations that are outside of their control leads to depression, anxiety, addiction, and all this other stuff. And, you know, like, what can you control? You, You can start where you are and you can attempt to have a more positive perspective. That's kind of like over all this time, I just keep coming back to about the only thing that we have the most control over is our perspective. And even still, our perspective 
is an outcome of information that we have assimilated years prior. Mm -hmm. If we start to shift our perspective and have a more positive outlook on things or a more accepting outlook on life as the way it is, then the more capable we are of avoiding addiction and disease and disorders and, and all that stuff. What's coming up for me now is thinking about our kids and parenting in general. Mm -hmm. And there's all kinds of different philosophies on parenting styles mm -hmm. and the best way to parent and discipline and uh, teach. And, and I think about this attempt to control our children. That's where I fuck up, no doubt. I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at allowing myself and allowing others. I feel like I've gotten better at it anyway. Um, but it's definitely really tough for me with my kids to not say no or tell them to do this. And there are times when, you know, you've got to get in the car, you've got to get things together, you got to whatever. And it's like, okay, I've got to take control of the situation right that's that's and that's, that's where it's tricky for me and that's okay and so looking at that because this is a question i've been asking myself a lot over the past couple years in particular as our four and a half year old gains more of a sense of direction and like i know i can do this so mm. i'm you know i'm seeing what i'm capable of and and that can kind of trigger things in us and so and then there's things he doesn't want to do sometimes, right? So mm. and that's kind of, I feel like what you're talking about getting in the car. Well, mm. when your child doesn't want to get in the car and you're on a timeline, you need to get in the car. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do about it? You're going to mm. just totally release control and be like, well, I guess we're going to be late or I guess we're not going to the, the commitment that mm -hmm. we said we were going to go to because this one person this little person doesn't want to go mm -hmm. or i'm gonna take control of the situation and say okay well i'm bigger than you i'm stronger than you i'm gonna pick you up i'm gonna put you in the car there's so many different options mm -hmm. am i gonna am i gonna like threaten you mm -hmm. with like a punishment if you don't then right or hey or am i gonna incentivize you oftentimes in our culture we don't think about prevention so to speak or planning like there's a lot of talk about tertiary type of control as in, okay, you get sick, we get sick. So mm -hmm. when we get sick, we get medicine mm -hmm. as opposed to a more holistic approach. Like let's think about not getting sick. Right. Let's think about doing things to not get sick. Simple example, washing our hands mm -hmm. uh, or eating well, mm -hmm. drinking water. And so, in our lives, so many aspects of our lives, including parenting, how can we, before it gets to a point of having to exert mm -hmm. control, maybe there's like 10 different opportunities before that mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. assist with the flow instead yep. of, because I feel like we can create a situation where we have put ourselves in that situation of feeling like I either have to exert control mm -hmm, over mm -hmm. this person or the situation or totally let go. For example, getting the kid in the car. Maybe 
an hour before that we could have helped the child prepare to get in the car uh, and maybe maybe it comes even before that maybe a week before that we could have cleaned the house tidied up the house or maybe there's a pattern thing where again it goes back to this subconscious behavior beforehand having an impact on the present or the future we don't even realize the things that we say that have an influence and an impact over circumstances if i say to myself even not just to my kid but if i say to myself uh i know theo is gonna be hard to get in the car or i know this is gonna be a, a thing mm-hmm. then boom we're setting it up and so this is where influence versus control it's the same thing as power versus force or it's similar uh, hawkins says that when you have power you don't need to use force so when you have influence, you don't need to use control, right? If you can influence, then you can kind of help bring about the outcome that is most beneficial for everybody, at least to our level of understanding where we are now. If I can influence my son by having more positive expectations of him, positively reinforcing him for the week going in or all the time. You're, thank you for listening. Thank you for being so cooperative, those kinds of things then we are, in a way, having more control or impact or influence over the situation than if we are getting to the point like, oh, now we got to take take control. And, you know, this is a trick for, it's tricky for me. I grew up in a situation where it was very much like, you know, be the man, be the boss, take charge kind of thing. And I think there is also... Um, you know, that, that kind of masculine energy of, you know, making things happen is something that is a natural part of life. And it's something that, you know, I think you as a woman value when I'm able to do that and you value being able to do that at times. And there's also the feminine aspect of more allowing and letting things unfold. So there's a balance to be had here. But there's also a nuanced approach. You're having a conscious influence. You're consciously doing things, which is this kind of masculine related. You're doing things, but you're doing things in a subtle way that is also incorporating the feminine. It's kind of with the Tao. You know, I don't know if we didn't talk about it this week too much, but uh, the chapter from the Tao that we read in service last week was... One of my favorites, uh, one of the lines in it said, know the masculine, but keep to the feminine. And it relates to this in knowing there is a aspect of life that is directive, but allow that to be the undercurrent work with and stay in that place of allowing. Yeah, that feels very, I don't know, it feels really nice. Yeah, it does to me too. It feels like it feels like flow. It feels like balance. Feels like an inner smile. Feels like an inner smile. Montauk Chia. Smile behind the eyes. (laughs) It's challenging to try to put that into nicely packaged understanding. This thing that you're kind of joking about also relates to our health. Okay, so we live in a world where, oh shit, things are wrong. Take medicine, fix it. What we can do. The same way that we're talking about having an in a positive influence in the hours, days, weeks, months, and years mm-hmm. before with our children, we can have the same influence internally with ourselves by loving ourselves. Because this is the whole thing, right? We get into these parts of ourselves that we don't like 
or that we think are wrong or that we should feel guilty about. And then we like scowl at them and we're like, oh, yes. oh, I do this thing that's so wrong where if you would just kind of like smile into it and relax into it and observe it and give it a good positive reinforcement mm-hmm. then it's gonna you can already feel it letting go of tension you can feel your in your organs relaxing and you can feel things being in flow and balance and that's where health is so this kind of brings up a question that came up in our group coaching session yesterday the question came up how often do i eat mushrooms how often do i commune mm. with the mushroom mm-hmm. and the answer is not a definite answer. Uh, mm. And we talked a lot about this on one of our previous episodes. What you just said has me thinking about my reply and perspective had a lot to do with uh, planning to mm. commune with the mushroom and setting a date. Mm. And then therefore setting that up for yourself mentally mm. to focus on the day to day leading up to that experience mm-hmm. And make sure that you are helping yourself have a better experience. Because uh, if, you've, if you've eaten mushrooms before or maybe enough times, I think it takes more than just one dose to understand that uh, leading up to the events and the mindset leading up to that experience with the mushroom mm-hmm. impacts your actual experience and it will magnify and show you what's been going on Mm. with you Mm. in your being in your energetic field leading up to that experience it's not just some like magical mystical i have no idea why i had this particular experience it came out of nowhere it may feel like that sometimes but it has a lot to do with how we've been talking to ourselves how we've been treating ourselves how we've been treating and therefore, how we've been treating other people and talking yeah. to other people. And we can have a big impact on our communion with mm-hmm. the mushroom. Yeah, it's a wonderful study of the of the subconscious, I believe, going into the mushroom space. You know, because it does, like you said, reveal to you so much about what you've been filling your head with and filling your field with. Again, if there's anything that is controlling us, it's our subconscious. But our subconscious is influenced by our conscious mind and then there's again is that when you are kind to your subconscious when you speak patiently and lovingly to yourself it is much more receptive to information control is a tricky subject it's something that we as a society tend to try to control our environment we try to control circumstances we should begin controlling our future from where we are right now instead of trying to like getting frustrated because we can't change the way things are right now if we can think about how everything that's going on right now is going to impact the next days weeks months Mm -hmm. then we can have more influence you know, the idea of control uh, is just the more you try to control something, the more you're going to uh, yeah. lose control of it. Yeah, and, and that's kind of where in my early 20s when I was struggling with such a big change in my life, going from this uh, competitive sport of ice skating every day, my whole life mm. up until that point, and then totally quitting 
that stepping away and going to college and I felt totally out of control mm-hmm. and I was grasping mm-hmm. for some kind of resemblance of, okay, this I can control. Mm-hmm. And if I just focus on this, then I'll feel like safe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I kept being presented with more and more challenges as I tried to stay safe in that aspect of control and I was thinking about it uh like it all unraveled because I was presented with situations where I literally I could not control what Mm -hmm. I was going to eat and Mm. therefore that was what was leading to panic attacks because Mm. okay my control is stripped away Mm. now that I put Mm. all of my idea of safety into this one little container it just i keep getting presented with situations where i cannot be safe now Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. i perceived that if i if i can't control this i've got control over nothing Mm -hmm. and i'm not safe Mm -hmm. and so uh it's interesting thinking about control in this way and that like like you're saying we cannot control all of the entities or energy around us that's Mm. exerting their own will and wants and things but we can have some kind of choice about how we respond Mm -hmm. in certain situations Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what about this like does our need for control indicate a lack of faith in the process of existence hmm people who it's it's been very interest, interesting to me um individuals who are super religious but are also really control freaks mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's like yeah well like you talk about faith but at the same time you're trying to have control over other people and and circumstances mm-hmm. and yeah religion and faith are not <laughs> well no no and there's all kinds of different definitions of faith but i'm talking about faith in the process right um which you know that's what it's taken for me is like watching things work out and seeing how things like okay well seems like things generally tend to work out and the more i try to get in the middle of it and try to control the situation then the more i interfere with it and the less likely it is to actually work out is what's given me more faith in the process of the whole thing happening now it's not always and you know there's been a lot of instances where it's taken me time to learn that lesson uh the kids is a big one you know um but i as i look back over my life and i can see over and over it where society has tried to control me um where i've tried to control others or situations it's just always always worked out for the worse and the more that I can like have faith in the situation and the more that people have faith in me then the more likely it is to come out to a beneficial solution for everybody Mm -hmm. and I think about you know our relationship I wonder if you were conscious of this or what your kind of thought process has been you know as you know, when we, as we kind of try to understand um, 
you know, relationship expectations and the societal control that I, I have perceived marriage, monogamy as a just blatant control mm-hmm. and pushback and you letting go of control has, is what eventually has allowed me to come to a, a place of, I feel like, benefit for everybody and sanity and um and maturity and so you know i don't know if you had that in mind or because you you don't you don't seem like a much of a controller to me i mean there's certain times when you kind of like get into almost a panicky state where you feel like things are maybe out of your control, like, you know, you still have some trauma from that arrest and you kind of, mm-hmm. that, that I think maybe, maybe has an impact, is because of the sense of being out of control, you know, or being controlled. Yeah, it's like a, is there something I should be doing right now that I'm not aware of, mm-hmm. that I'm not, I'm not thinking enough about how I could prevent a situation, Mm -hmm. a negative situation and like a, yeah, that's a trauma Mm -hmm. definitely Mm -hmm. from being arrested. Mm -hmm. But is that, that's, that's a, that's a feeling like you need to be controlling the situation better to prevent something from happening. Is that or no? Yeah. It's like, from reflecting on a time that time of uh I feel like in that time leading up to us being arrested I that was the most in my life where I was total I was just whatever Mm -hmm. like very little responsibility and just going with the flow Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. every day I I mean I had one responsibility which was go to my job Mm -hmm. which was very laid back and I didn't have much responsibility there so you like routine a lot is that is that is routine a kind of an aspect of control or security or what does routine do for you um well routine so this is kind of going back to like that conversation about getting the kid in the car Mm. for me there's processes that can be set up mm-hmm. to where um, you, I don't feel like I've got to work so hard and be so uh, controlling day to day. It's kind of like a process of routine for me just creates like a pattern of healthy behavior. Mm-hmm that I don't have to consciously think about. Okay. So it kind of takes out other, like it removes factors that may bring confusion or may prevent you from being as efficient. Would you say a routine of getting up early? If I can get up early regularly, Mm -hmm. then I gives me an opportunity to be with myself meditate a little bit in whatever way that is if it's walking around the neighborhood or stretching or 
just breathing and listening to a podcast or something, by the time the kids wake up, I feel like I've nourished myself so I can be more present for them Mm -hmm. by setting up a routine, doing that enough times. I just start doing it and I don't have to, it doesn't take as much force Mm -hmm. to get myself to do something that I know is good for me, Mm -hmm. to nourish me. When we set up routines, when we set up rituals, when we set up these kind of templates, are we trying to control situations? And I think the answer can be can vary depending on your level of awareness, right? A ritual could be an attempt to control. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you have a morning ritual that programs your subconscious into a way of going about your day, then maybe that's not being in control, but being an influence. And so, you know, I always love these places where things get gray, where control and influence aren't exactly the same. So just kind of exploring that a little bit. Yeah, I mean... I more and more get to the point now, not saying all the time, because like I had a somewhat of a very anxious, I was in a very anxious state for a few hours yesterday and a couple hours the day before. And so I'm not saying like, I got this all the time now, but I'm saying that more and more I'm getting to a place of saying to myself, do what you can, plan as much as you can, and then let the rest go. When you make a plan and it doesn't pan out, mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. I did what I could. got to be able to accept. I let the yeah. rest go. I guess it was this morning or it was last night. I had plans with my friend, Kristen, mm-hmm. tonight. And we had just, she was like, where do you want to go? Where do you want to get a drink? Or do you want to do an activity? Or like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. Do you have any suggestions? And she was, she was like, I don't know. And I thought, well, we could go somewhere new. We have been going to this one place that we know has Mm. good margaritas and we like the service and we like the atmosphere. And I thought, well, maybe we should try something new. Like maybe that would be fun. And then I looked at different places and I was like, "Mm, but I don't know. Like, I don't know if Mm. this place is going to be a good atmosphere. I don't know if they're going to have good drinks. If I'm going to pay $10 for a Mm. drink and be like, that sucked. Mm. And I kind of just don't feel like finding out right now I kind of just want to focus on being with my friend that I don't get a whole lot of quality time with I know this place is generally good I want to set that up not think about that element Mm. and focus on being with my friend Mm. there's times like with us like we get quite a bit of time together not necessarily quite a bit of quality just one-on-one time Mm. but we get a lot of time together and so I think it's helpful for us to do different things, go Mm -hmm. to new places, Mm -hmm. get that element of variety and novelty. Mm -hmm. So this is interesting because like, if you don't mind me saying mm -hmm. before I lose the thought here, your desire to set yourself up for success with your friend tonight, there could be an aspect of being in control to that, or there's also being an allowance. You want to enjoy the time that you have. You want to be able to let go of this need to control the situation yeah. and, and just be able to allow the situation. It could inversely, it could be, I need to control the situation and ensure that we have a quality time. So I'm going to do the predictable thing. Expanding on this, uh-huh. she messages me, oh, look, I just saw that there's this event going on. 
how about we get a margarita at this place that we normally go to mm-hmm. and then check out this event initially because i'd already been through this little process in my mind mm-hmm. i just want to keep things simple like i have a big we got a lot going on today and like we ha- we're having a gathering tomorrow at our house and i'm I got a lot going on. Like I'm going to cook, I'm going to clean, I'm going to do all these things. I just mm-hmm. want to like some things I just, I just want to keep it simple. I just want to have whatever the stability of knowing where we're going. And so she suggests this event, which she's clearly excited about and mm-hmm. interested in. And okay, she needs to go to this. Like, mm-hmm. and, but a, a part of me felt like, Oh, that's something different. What if it rains? It's outside. What it's if pretty windy. What if I try and have conversations with people that like aren't my vibe or like what if I don't like the vibe and it's like mm-hmm. there's a few things that came up for me in the moment mm-hmm. since I'd already been through this process of do I want stability? Do I want this like comfort of knowing exactly where we're going and mm-hmm. what we're doing mm-hmm. or do I want something new and edgy for me or whatever? Mm-hmm. That was a little like I had hesitancy. Mm -hmm. I almost I I thought, well, maybe I could just say to her, well, let's just have a margarita. And then like you can go to this thing. I'm just going to go home Mm because like I want to be with my kids and put them to bed. And like I just want to make sure that there's the same kind of night Mm -hmm. for my family Mm -hmm. that night. So I almost I thought about declining going Mm -hmm. to this event. But I, I questioned, I'm like, Courtney, is this you trying to stay safe? Is this you trying to not grow mm-hmm. uh, out of fear? Or is there, is this rational? Mm-hmm. Like, cause another part of me was like, oh, that means it'll take longer for me to get home. And Eric, like, is Eric going to be a little frustrated that I might be breaking out a shit. little bit later yeah. and <laughs> what breaking, breaking shit, breaking shit. Yeah. Cause you're not home yet. Oh yeah. Where's my <laughs> wife? Where's my sandwich? Is Eric going to beat me when I get home? <laughs> I, th- I asked, is this true? Do mm. you think Eric's really going to be really annoyed with you? Or is it more likely that he'll be happy that you tried something new and maybe met couple new people maybe talked about sanctuary some maybe networked a little bit and just tried something new and different so i overall i was like okay just say yes come on Mm -hmm. so then i responded and said yes but there was a process of like examining (laughs) am i how am i unreasonably trying to Exert control. I, I, th- I think it's a really important thing that we consider this how much we try to control our lives, how much we try to micromanage and control. That is the number one thing that I have seen consistently people struggle with around psilocybin is letting go of control, letting go of expectations, allowing it to be whatever it is. And if that is the biggest, like most predominant lesson that, that, that I've seen out of, you know, thousands of doses of mushrooms and all these people, then that indicates to me that that's a pretty big issue for the vast majority of humankind. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, this influence and allow um, seems to be the way to go. There's also, this is a whole other side topic that I won't go down, but, you know, this in, in terms of, trying to 
bring something into existence, you know, you have an inspiration towards an idea or um, there's something that you want in your life, some kind of success or uh, whatever. And to the most effective way to bring that into being is not to try to force the thing to happen, but to, you know, have a sincere desire and then just let go and allow things to happen on their own. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, again, we're seeing that with sanctuary. This is, it's happening much more quickly, uh, than I expected. And I think a big part of that is because I've learned a lesson in letting go and just allowing the thing to organically do what it's supposed to do rather than to make it happen. It's been Mm -hmm. a, it's been a real problem of mine over the years is this, this like got to make things happen, got to be in control of the situation. Uh, so yeah, it's just a, a huge lesson that's come come to me over the years, and I would encourage everybody to really just consider where it is that you think you're in control or where you're trying to have too much control and really study this aspect of self known as the subconscious and realize that it is what is guiding and directing your behavior, your outcomes in every aspect of your life and that you can have an influence over that and that it will have or will (laughs) exert uh, control I don't know (laughs) fuck if I know I don't know I swear like basically we don't know that's the thing is like like I always come to this you know I've been talking with Courtney about like I really want to sit down and do some more direct conversations around these kinds of topics but I just always come to the fucking conclusion that I don't know it's like I don't know well, so why do I even want to talk about shit it's like because we, we walk just spent around thinking that 52 minutes recording know. and like I don't even fucking know what I just do I right know. well if we didn't talk about it this much then we may still be walking around thinking that we know no I think that's it's really it, that's that is one another also huge valuable lesson that's come out of working with mushrooms is accepting that I don't know. But this is the thing is like people want, people want someone that knows people want someone to be in control. Pretend to me that you're in control. Give me the illusion that you're in control. And I don't want to do that. I want people to realize that like we don't know. Nobody knows what's going on. Right. here. Everybody's- I mean, there's an aspect of an importance of, of being a real solid gatekeeper for somebody Mm -hmm. in that vulnerable space. Like if I'm going to be holding space for you, there's a reason for that. Like Mm -hmm. if you're going to go pee in the bush and I'm going to watch out and let you know if Mm -hmm. somebody's coming, if I just dick around and like, Oh yeah, I forgot Don't. you were in the bush. Oh, oops! I know I said I'd have your back, but like, uh, yeah. never mind. Yeah. I'm not in control. Yeah. Like, no, that's yeah. not what we're talking well, about, be, though. But being solid, being solid person, being a dependable person. Yeah, like you want to be an actual dependable I'm, person. I'm not gonna be able to give you the answers to life and what you need to do with your life. Yeah, it's like setting up a a safe space for others to come to that. Yeah, uh, understanding. God, it's so funny. This is such a thing. You no, know, like people like so many times 
we talked about with honor, you know, and this, she's talking about how she would have felt more. She feels like she early on felt like she would have felt more safe in a lab coat environment and, mm-hmm. and all that. And it's just like, all of that is just an illusion of control. Mm-hmm. It's all just a pretending that you're in control and that's not what psilocybin is about. Psilocybin is not about being in control. That's why consistently the lesson is to let go and allow, let go and allow. Mm-hmm. So I guess I do know that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a great conversation. I guess. I don't know. Maybe we'll have some more. Maybe. About being in control or not. But we're not in control. Yeah, okay. But where are we? Where are we? <laughs> Let the subconscious decide. All right. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks. And the beating of the drum.